Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Raina Starr. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one, the amazing Dorothy Morrison, www.wickedwitchstudios.com. She is having her October sale early. Start looking at all the goodies sprays, lotions, potions, candles, oils, you name it, she's got it. Check out the social media page for wickedwitchstudios.com and get everything while it's still available. Anyway, my guest tonight needs so little introduction. The amazing LTZ, Laura Tempest-Zakroff. Hello, my dear, how are you? Hello, I'm so happy to have you. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. I know, right? So, Okay, so this wonderful writer is not just a writer. Award winner, multiple book. We're actually going to talk about book nine and briefly for half a second. But you are just, like, amazing. Artist, physical artist, dancing, Got a lot of us through the first year of the pandemic with the ritual workouts. I mean, <sighs> amazing. And I was just telling uh, the amazing LTZ that her artwork is in almost every room of my home, and none of it looks like the same person did it because you are eclectic, you are expressive, you are amazing. Sorry, just had to take that moment to heap praise upon you. Um, the current book that we are going to talk about mostly is Anatomy of a Witch, A Map to the Magical Body, which, yeah, um, I've needed this. I, I need to get my collective shit together because uh, the pandemic has kicked my ass, as I'm sure it has for many people. So, all right, <laughs> I, I'll all shut that up. <laughs> I will let you I Well, I don't know, because when you decided to do the, the ritual workouts, I was like, Oh, somebody to say, get up off the couch. Stop watching TV and eating ice cream. Maybe you should get up a little bit. So I just have to tell you how appreciative I am for all that you have done. I have managed to get fatter in spite of it, but I'm sure I would be in a lot worse shape had I not had the ritual workouts to at least stop me some of the time from eating. Um, I'm sure you've had that feedback from a lot of people. But they, I mean, they've been really successful, right, along with everything else you do. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing because, you know, people keep discovering them. You know, I, I'm sort of – I've been on a bit of a hiatus, um, you know, finishing up book projects. So, like, there haven't been a lot of new ones lately, but there is 150 of them. So it's like you got a lot yep. to work with, but it's like – 
every week somebody else is like, I just came across this. This is amazing. I'm like, yay, it's doing the thing. Which is the beauty of YouTube. For anyone who does not know, what rock have you been living under? Uh, this amazing artist has a YouTube channel, so please check that out. Not to mention um, your website, uh, plus the Alchemy Arts site where you sell a lot of your amazing products. And, I mean, the artwork is insane. The T-shirts are amazing. You're just like this one woman everything. It's incredible. How do you manage uh, one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, as far as Anatomy of a Witch, when did you write this, and, and what led you to do this particular book? It was written, um, let's see, between the end of 2019 and the 2020 was the first draft, um, and then it got wow. a major reprisal into March through May. Uh, so all, a lot of, uh, a lot of 2020 influences. And of course, you know, working on the manuscript and fine tuning it, um, mm-hmm. you know, until, until it went off the press. And it has a lot to do with, um, I feel like each of my books is getting kind of either closer to the center of me or kind of creating this, um, this type of circle or vortex. Uh, because, you know, Sigil Witchery is about, you know, mm-hmm. art magic, and We the Liminal is about authenticity, and you're, you know, crafting a path from, like, your own background, which is important. And this one here is about getting magic back in the body. So, like, they're all important, really important things to me. Uh, so it's just, you know, yeah. digging into, into the tempest hole. <laughs> but it's it's really incredible because your topics are super diverse and not stuff that's discussed every day. No shade on anybody, but, you know, to find books that are unique in their concept isn't as easy as it sounds. Um, So the fact that, like, and, you know, when we were talking about your artwork before we went on the air, I mentioned your art is in, like, pretty much every room in my house, with a couple of exceptions, but the artwork is so diverse itself, you wouldn't know that the same person did it. I mean, for example, for folks who are collectors of Laura's work, I have the witch's hat in the kitchen. I have Beast and Buddies in the bedroom. My Marie Laveau is going up in my studio. I have your Bridget in the living room. And they're all so different and, and conceptually different. And it's amazing to me that you have all of this to pull from. I mean, because like I had said earlier, you know, when you're looking at an artist or you're listening to an artist, you kind of know who it is a couple of bars in. But your stuff is just so different from one piece to the next. And I, I just find it fascinating that you have all of that in one person. It really is those natural Gemini tendencies. How many? It's like how many personalities are allowed to have as many as you can fit plus two more? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, it's amazing though. But I, you know, first of all, sigil witchery. Just to like backtrack all the way for a minute, um, 
Uralite, it, it was not the first time I had ever seen a sigil, but you were the first person to kind of like give me permission in a public way that you can do this yourself. No, I don't, nobody else had ever, I'd never had anybody else in my life who said, you can do this. You can, you can create these things. Here's your guide. And I just find it so empowering. And I find all of your books very empowering because you do touch on all of these things that come from within. I mean, anatomy of a witch, as I had said earlier also, you know, I decided to start physical therapy again, and your book arrived later that day. And, you know, I've been taking it with me to physical therapy, and it's just reminding me of all the different things to remember, especially about breathing, because a lot of what you do in therapy Mm -hmm. is – guided by your ability to breathe correctly depending on the exercises you're doing and I you know as a witch I know I have magical tools but for some reason I very rarely look at myself as being a magical tool Hmm. right and I think especially you come into this path and you see so many different shiny things like oh you need to have the earth you need to have the oils, you need to have the candles, you need to have the crystals. And we, we get so stuff-oriented, right, And as well as, like, all the academic yeah. stuff and the scholarship, which is great. But we forget that we are the primary source of our magic, and our bodies is the, are the vessel for that. Yeah, and it's something that you would think is so elementary, but it's really not. And I think – you know, part of it is the shinies, and I think part of it is, I don't know if it's a lack of belief in our own power, as though magic is sometimes or somehow this external thing that we hope mm-hmm. happens to us when we're actually part of, physically part of the magical thing itself. And this is why I think your books are so empowering, because it's like, you remind us of all of these really basic things that we forget. And I think it's especially so important, you know, during the pandemic, keeping one's head on straight has been really, really difficult in and of itself with all of the changes. And it's Mm -hmm. just so important that you're like bringing it all back to the very fundamentals of witchcraft and and in a lot of regards just being a healthy breathing person definitely yeah we we just you know we have such a separation from our bodies i mean this has been going on for uh you know you can say at least two thousand years but it you know goes back further into greek philosophy like the moment we start thinking that we're like separate than or better than the rest of the planet, right? But at the same it's like this combination of like we we have choice and we can we can you know, command all the world and at the same time we don't see ourselves as sacred um or divine mm-hmm. or part of it. Like that's that's a pretty heavy split. That really screws you up in the head. Yeah, it does. It does. And you know, this is why and, and it's probably part of the biggest reason of why I'm I'm so enamored of you and your work because you do try to bring us back to that point where we're 
appreciative. I mean, because gratitude is everything, but being appreciative of your divinity and your sacred sacredness in your own body and reminding us to be a sacred space, not just create one externally. And it's, sometimes mm-hmm. it's super hard to remember in the day-to-day when you're trying to get work done to pay the bills. It's like, yeah, I feel fucking sacred right now doing all this bullshit. <laughs> right. but, you know what I'm, <laughs> but you know what I mean? There is a time for that when you're away from, you know, the day job and the daily grind and buying groceries and fixing dinner and this and that and the other thing or traveling to a gig, whatever it is you know, that you carry divinity with you at all times. And I think we forget that, you know, just as people, because I think you're right, there is such a huge separation that happens in the brain for a lot of us between doing something sacred and feeling sacred ourselves. So that's part of why this is so cool. Because you always seem to remember it. And I mean, not like every second of every moment and not in a haughty way. I mean, because I, I always think of you as probably one of the kindest, most down-to-earth people I've ever met. And, you, I mean, that's hard to find. I'm sorry. I talk to a lot of people, and I talk to a lot of crazy shit. But you're, you're definitely grounded, and, you know, it's not that you don't ever question yourself as far as your decisions. We all do. But what you present, you're like a living example which is so cool and hard to find. (laughs) So thank you for that. And thank you for reminding me that I carry magic with me and inside me as opposed to just when I'm standing in front of an altar. You know, I think it's important. I think it's easy to forget. Well, thank you. And, and, and yeah, that it is because, you know, so many people, you know, it's like those discussions, especially that were happening last year about daily ritual and daily practice. And people are like, I don't have time to practice. And, and that's just like, uh-huh. how, how am I going to fit that in? Like you, you take a shower in the morning, right? Or a bath or in the evening, yep. like that is time to check in with your body when you're, you're taking your, your cup of uh, tea or coffee in the morning, you know, those few moments of, of being present. If you're walking the dog and like being present with the world and what's happening around your block, um, those are moments of, of recognizing the sacred and being present there. And it's more than like, you know, of course right now people are like, Oh, it's mindfulness. Like mm, it's, it's, it's bodyfulness. Um, to to be conscious of that and to be present in that moment. Yeah, I find it I find it interesting how like no matter what you say, somebody has to relabel it. It's like it means the same shit. Relax. Um, but I'm an old person, so I get to say that. Um, but you know, it's interesting because you go through really simple stuff that we've always you know heard or said like you know, I feel it in my gut or a gut reaction or something's in the wind. I mean, you cover all of those things, breathing, you know, belly, heart, all, you know, bones, and it's it's all relative and I think important. And I'm so glad that you kind of bring us back to that and you give us directions each chapter has a little bit of something at the end of it so check it out because it's pretty interesting and amazing and while you don't you know and i hear a lot of people 
Well, I don't have bathtub. How do I do a ritual bath? Well, do a ritual shower. Ha ha. You know, and I actually, <laughs> dumbass that I am, had to be told that a couple, like five or six years ago, because I, I was in a store at my friend's shop, and, you know, they have all these beautiful ritual bath things, and I'm like, I don't have bathtub. And they're like, oh, dippy. <laughs> put it on. As long as it's not slippery, put it on the shower floor, put an extra layer of salt, and do it that mm-hmm. way. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Because sometimes I just don't think. You know, and I'm sure it's not just me. There are simple, basic things that I forget. Like, you know, when you're exercising, all your instructors will tell you, remember your breath, remember your breathing. Because you actually Mm -hmm. can do harm if you're not breathing appropriately. Um, Or just not doing things effectively is probably more Mm -hmm. correct and to the point. Because you and, I mean, you know, the ritual workouts were a wonderful way to, like, get off the couch, start moving, because I, you know, a lot of things kind of slid during the pandemic, and I gave up on a lot of things, because I thought the world was ending briefly, because it seemed really bad. But you still have to maintain, (laughs) maintain the magic within you and without you. And that's that's part of why I love this book so much because it it makes you think about your own divinity and your own ability to do magic just with your body, with nothing else, mm-hmm. which I love. Yes, you, you know, money. You don't need. I mean, I, tight for a lot of folks. Yeah, and and there's also you know they feel like they're you know less of a witch or less of a magical practitioner if they don't have all the things. And it's like those things are nice. They help fascinate the brain. They might add to the experience. But if you're not there believing in your own magic and your own power and recognizing that divine spark within and actually feeling it move through your body, then, you know, you can spend all the money you want. You're still not going to get the same experience. Very true. And I think, you know, personal empowerment, especially – for, you know, women right now, you know, with all of the craziness in Texas <laughs> that might be mm-hmm. coming to a state near us, who the hell knows. But I think that personal empowerment is going to be really important in the months and years ahead because there's a there's a big fight brewing for all of us. I mean Listen, I'm almost 60. I don't need that kind of service, but I care about that service being available for friends and potential family members. I mean, once mm-hmm. rights start leaving, they it's hard to get them back, you know. So this, right. is, this is a real time, I think, for us to remember our power, you know, in, in our bodies and what we're able to accomplish, you know. It's it's not like one person can do everything. We have to unite, and we have to use the magic in all of us. Kind of absolutely. <laughs> so tell me about number nine. That is nine books. Oh my <laughs> gosh! When did you start? First of all, let me ask you this: When did you write your first book? 
So the first book that ended up getting published, <laughs> um, the process, yeah, because I, I started a few in my my mid twenties that, that that died in horrible hard drive failures, which was it's just for the best. It was definitely for the best. Um, but really, the Witch of oh, Cauldron. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but the the the, the Witch of Cauldron. Um, that process started in late 2015 into 2016. That came out in 2017. Um, so that was the mm-hmm. very first book. Um, and as soon as I, I liked how that came out and felt like my voice was preserved, which is an important thing, uh, yeah. you know, especially a lot of my um, untraditional approaches to things and also being quirky and like, oh, nobody wanted to take that out of, of my book. That's fantastic. Um, and so then We the Liminal happens, and Witches Alter with Jason Mankey, uh, and then Sigil Witchery, yeah. and, you know, and onward. <laughs> wow. So, I see, and I, I think... I don't know, maybe it's my ego, but if I had committed something to hard drive and the hard drive ate it, I don't know if I would be, like, grateful for it. I mean, even if you don't think you wrote it well, does, isn't that painful as fuck? You, you invested oh, it, all this it, time. It was, um, it was definitely uh, a crushing um, though it, that, it was also when my, my dance career was taking off at the same time. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to focus on this. Maybe it's not meant to be. Um, but the funny thing is, is I did find handwritten notes that I had made about that book um, shortly after I finished Read the Liminal, I think. And, um, wow. And uh, it's, it's actually pretty spot on. A lot of the things I wanted to cover in that book in my 20s, while I have a better perspective of it now, of course, you know, and two decades later. Uh, but, right. Yeah, you know, so, like, everything, everything happens in its own time. So I've come to at least look at that rather than get angry about it. Well, that's wonderful. I would be a screaming mess even now because I have a patience level that's kind of non-existent but that's just me (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know when you finally so so what happened when you finally got it to the publisher were you did you know you had this this amazing book in your hands that you were ready to share with the world or were you asked to do this particular book how does that uh, work? Anatomy or the uh, first one anatomy. or the the very no the first the very first one. Uh, so, so the Witch's Cauldron is part of Llewellyn's Witch's Tool series, and um, I had seen a call out via Alicia uh, about does anybody want to write a book on cauldrons? I think at that point, you know, the Broom book had come out with Deborah Blake, and there was a wand book and yep. an Athame book with Jason. And I was like, oh, yep. I'd actually had already, um, when I was at Pantheacon that year, had proposed um, something very similar to what I just finished. Um, but at that point, I was like, oh, okay, now i got to go back. You know, they were really excited, like, oh, send us the proposal. Get this, you know, start writing this book. And I'm like, great. Uh, now I'm going to panic about it for, like, the next year until I saw the cauldron <laughs> yeah. call out. And I was like, that's a book I can do, and it's it's. You know, I love cauldrons, but it's not like 
so near and dear to my heart that, you know, as the first book that goes out in the world, if people shit all over it, that it wasn't going to be soul crushing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's a way to put it. Um, so, I can't see that uh, actually so, happening to you. Well, you know, having having been in Pagan Publish, Publishing since the late 90s, uh, <laughs> I think it's yeah. what people mm. say about books. So it's hard to not, not <sighs> do that. Uh, but it went fine. I don't know. It was I, fine. <laughs> yes. I mean, and thankfully, you have written so much more, and you have so much more to write. So, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about Anatomy of a Witch, but I'm dying to know about the upcoming book that you just happened to casually mention. Um, so <laughs> can you give us a little info on that? <laughs> Yes. Um, so the, the, we're in the tentative title stage, which means that it okay. still needs to be finalized by publisher and such. But um, it's a visual alchemy. Um, it's about the intersection of art and magic. So it takes a lot of the concepts mm-hmm. that I covered in sigil witchery. And we do mm-hmm. advanced sigil witchery, which is a lot of fine-tuning, a lot of design process. Um, as well as just really understanding how art is magical and what it can do for your mind and your creativity, whether you consider yourself an artist or not. Uh, so it's, it's an in-depth in- exploration into all of that. Uh, so it's, um, it ended up being bigger than I thought it was, so we'll see what happens once, <laughs> once it gets its first review um, by, the, uh, by the editors. Wow, that sounds amazing, and it sounds like a perfect follow-up to, like, everything else, you know, because you do, I mean, everything you do incorporates art. It's, I mean, from, from just the way you present yourself to your classes to your books, your dancing, your exercise, I mean, all of it, it's just, so beautifully formed and you're fascinating to listen to but you're also fascinating to watch and you know you (laughs) you always come across like this beautiful art project you know that's that's constantly evolving and I think that's part of why you have this cult fan base that just adores you because you are not the kind of thing we see coming and going. No, seriously, you're so unique and I think so needed. And I really appreciate it. I'm sure everyone else does too. But do you, and I, you know, but to like not, let's say, idolize, that's not the right word. Um, To not put you on a pedestal so high up that we can't see you. but you have you. the same kind of fears and cra- right. I mean, but you're still a person like other people, and you still have the same, you know, things that upset you and bother you like everybody else. Um, I heap praise upon you because I'm so appreciative and I look up to you um, because I see so many fine qualities that I would love to have. Uh, but yes, I recognize very much that you are a person and a human like other people and humans, um, which is cool. Uh, but do you ever have questions in your own mind, like, are people going to read this if I write this? Or do you basically, are you basically at a point now 
with a ninth book coming, that you're pretty good to go. You, you, you've got your vibe going. You don't have the panic-stricken moments of what I'm going to write next. Because it seems all like you've got not necessarily planned out, but a series of things that you're going towards. Yeah, I think, um, how, how would I put this? So with each, yeah, with each successive book, right, it, it's about creating a pattern and getting into that, that rhythm. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's always, there's always fears. It's, you know, it's a very important thing for me because like when I'm writing books, like the whole thing about this is, is to help people. I am, I am a teacher. That's the thing I love teaching, whether it's, you know, dance, witchcraft, art, and uh, it's so important for people to be able to grasp, um, you know, what I'm trying to get across. And I always have, I do have that worry of, like, am I explaining this enough? Um, is it accessible? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and trying to think in several different ways because, you know, we all, our brains all work in different ways, too. So it's like, okay, here's one example, but in case that doesn't work for you, here's another way to look at it. Uh, to me, that's really important. For some people that get, they're like, oh, I already got it. That's fine. You know, I'm like, okay, well, fine. That's, you know, apparently it's not for you. Like, this, every book does not have to be for every person. Uh, but at the same time, I always right. try to have fun with some of the things that, you know, like some feedback that I get that just kind of make people angry. And it, it sort of amuses me greatly and sort of makes me feel, I like, I sort of spite, you know, like, in anatomy of a witch, there's a whole... There's a whole ocean metaphor with the jellyfish, I think, again, because somebody, you know, there's people who are like, what the hell is this jellyfish metaphor? And we the living all like, oh, you didn't like that? Oh, I'm bringing that back. <laughs> because i got to have fun with it. And that's awesome. You tell because, me, you know, a lot of people won't do that, though. They're afraid. And I, I love the fearless factor with you because you're like, well, guess what? It's coming back. You didn't like it? It's coming back at you. What do you think about that? And I think that's so cool. Yeah, and fun. I think like, some people. <laughs> so go ahead, please. Oh well, look like, here with the, the book I'm working on now. Um, you know, the the goal is that it's probably going to be the same shape as sigil witchery, and it's um, there's like probably a cult following people who are really upset about the shape of the sigil witchery book. Um, they're like, I don't get why it's square. Why is it square? It's like because it's a workbook. And because of the way mm-hmm. that the binding is, it opens easier if it's in that shape. Like there is the, um, it was just translated into Portuguese, and they turned it back to a six by nine. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> it's gonna be a hard wow. work in that book. So um, it's important that you know this visual alchemy, which also has workbook functions to it, is going to be in that same shape. Uh-huh. I'm like, so I'm kind of like, can't wait for that to piss people off. <laughs> Like, yes, I'm just doing this to screw with your bookshelf. Like, that's my job. And there's also, you know, there's um, over 60 sigils in there that are the shared magic sigils, which are very social justice oriented. So, of course, that's going to piss people off. And they're like, great, I'm sorry that you don't like human rights. Oh, well, here they are. I don't understand. See, but that fucking astounds me that people don't, first of all, yes, it opens better because it's more even all the way around. I mean, I'm probably not saying it correctly, but dimensionally it's easier to have the page open, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Exactly. So 
And if people have nothing better to say, you don't know us very well, do you? I mean, <laughs> if that's the biggest bitch is the shape, y'all got too much time on your motherfucking hands and need to be doing some goddamn work because y'all are just fucked up over some stupid shit. Now, as far as social justice goes, I never understood the slam about or the, the alleged slam about social justice. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with that? Aren't we supposed to be for that shit? What is wrong with people? I'm I'm sorry. I'm right. ranting. I'm angry. People just don't confuse the fuck out of me. I thought we were supposed to be for social justice. Now they say social justice warrior like it's a bad thing. What is going on? I'm so lost. You know, it, yeah, it's it, it's the things that cause us to drink. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I kind of I, I enjoy my little my little list of things that you know. So it's like instead of focusing on the fears, like I'm doing the best job I can as I'm you know bringing okay. the book forth, but at the same time, there's just those little points where I'm like, I'm going to look forward to somebody being pissed about this because it just shows them on the right track. Well, they always say if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing your job. And I must be doing one hell of a motherfucking job because everyone's pissed at me all the goddamn time. And I don't really give a shit because it's my fucking show, so (laughs) I get to do whatever the fuck I want. But it's hilarious the things that people decide to be upset about. And I can't believe – I mean, how do you even respond to something like that? I mean – you obviously, when somebody comes to you about the shape of your book, you have obviously explained why the book is the shape that it is. Is that usually a good enough response for something ridiculous like that? Or do you really have to go in even deeper than that? Uh, you know, <laughs> I I think they're like, oh, okay, I get it, but it still doesn't fit my bookshelf. Like, then find a new place. Be more creative with your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, it's also mm. the difference of like, you know, that book. Uh, you can't fill it in on a Kindle. So, you know, people are like, "Oh, I can't draw on the Kindle." I'm like, "Well, I didn't tell you to buy it in the Kindle." So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I was not thinking of. Oh, this will be for you know for an ebook. Like I'm like no, I'm thinking about a you know a physical book because I'm an artist. I'm thinking of ways to draw. And so unless there's some way to turn it into, you know, like one of those drawing apps in a tablet, which you could do if you have a little bit of innovation, right? They're like, oh, I can open up my drawing tablet and do the little thing on while I'm reading through it. Like you can problem solve. Be the witch. Be the problem solver. You can do the thing. You know. I, in you. I hate. To- I, I hate to tell you, because this is just my evil ass at work, but if somebody came <laughs> to me about something I wrote that was on Kindle, I'd say, oh, well, I'm coming out with an addendum journal that you that will have actual pages, so you can use it with the Kindle. There you go, and it'll be live pages, so you can reference back. And I would just give these bitches another book to buy, because that's my evil ass. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not a bad idea. <laughs> I'll dedicate it to you. <laughs> we're going to make money. Uh-uh. We're going to make money. If people, listen, my second husband used to say to me, if you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. I'm sorry the mm. book doesn't fit on your shelf in the same height 
And if you have all books the same height, I have to question your selection. No. Right? <laughs> Diversify. 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 Let me come at your bookcases. We need to put some new shit in there because y'all are reading the same thing. It's a problem. Um, but I did want to ask you a really bad question. And you don't have to give names, obviously. I would never ask you to do that. But have you read other people's books and thought, I could have done that better? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> especially when it comes to art, creativity, and magic, um, you know, I feel like it's very important to understand where things are culturally coming from and not just mash things together. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, especially where I feel like a lot of sigil magic is just poorly explained. I mean, of course, there are different methods. Mm-hmm. So, you know, however you do your method is fine. But when I was doing my research, um, there were just a few things where I'm like, this, this, is, this is not good. This is not good. This is not explained well. Um, so this kind of mm-hmm. explains why everybody else is just kind of confused about it, right? But they're like, oh, but I, I know. Like, mm, it wasn't so good explained in the first place. And it's not just me. It's me looking at it in several different ways. Like, okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. Because well, you're, you're looking at it as a teacher, are you not? I mean, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're reading somebody else's book, it, you know, a book like this, I should say specifically, you're looking at it not just through the eyes of an artist, but you're also looking at it through the eyes of a teacher because you teach and kind of a historian because of all your research. I mean, I think folks who do research to a certain extent can be called historians because you do actual research for your books, mm-hmm. obviously. And I, and I question why – how do I do this – how do I say this? Um, I question why some people pass off kind of gobbledygook as research when there's actual chapter and verse to go to for research. Because mm-hmm. if you're able to, I mean, unless you're, you're like doing some kind of necromancy that I'm not aware of, you're, you're doing research like people do research, you know, as far as I can tell. I just don't understand why some people pass off a little bit of laziness as being real research. I, I, don't, I don't know either. What happens for me is, like, I come up with an idea, and I'm like, okay, this is how I think this works. And then I'll also be like, okay, but why do people think this about it, right? Like, say, for, like, uh-huh. a threefold uh-huh. law of return, which is, you know, in uh, the Weaver section of Anatomy of a Witch talking about really what I consider a threefold um, focus to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, way, the way that things get confused is people say, oh, that was in that book. Like, well, no, it's actually not. It was never put like that, but you just sort of assumed, and then somebody else said something, and somebody else said something. And, you know, people are still recommending the books 30, 40 years later and still don't understand what it says, <laughs> or, you know, because it just has a mishmash. It's like the better that we, we progress forward into the future and do more research, the, we shouldn't be going, well, let's keep passing on this bad information. <laughs> yeah. We know better, right? No, it's true. Yeah, and I find that that's a big problem. You know, as smarter as we get, 
even as more available as information is, people still mm-hmm. kind of take the cheater way out, you know, some folks. And it's like, but you're still passing on the same bullshit that we, you know, that we kind of questioned 20 years ago. So why are, we, why are we making these same mistakes again? Yeah, and it's just interesting because I find, you know, some people to be extraordinarily thoughtful and thorough and some people maybe not so much. So I was just wondering about your take on it. Because, yeah, I mean, I have seen other books. I'm like, no, I, I don't think this is it. I don't think this is it. Maybe I need to go back to somebody else's book. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. I think a lot of people just don't realize they can ask why and have that curiosity Mm -hmm. of, like, well, where did this come from? You know, it's like the the discussion I was having online the other week about um, the rumor going around that, like, if you have your – you post your altar photo on Instagram, somebody can magically use that against you. And I'm like, okay. I want to know specifically how and why. You know, like I'm not saying it's a bad idea or it's a good idea. It's like just mm-hmm. let's talk about why some people would think this and what are the situations where this would go under. And it, you know, pretty much showed that most people are like, mm, yeah, I don't really believe that, but we're just going to keep having it. <laughs> like, hey, right. I, the only thing I could liken it to is the thought that there are some cultures that believe if you take their physical picture that you somehow get a part of their soul. Uh, And I don't remember which culture it is, but I've read about it years and years ago that there are certain people who are afraid to have you take their photograph for that reason. So I thought maybe that was the misconstruing of that thought. Um, mm-hmm. Because I put I put pictures up of my altar on Facebook, lots of places. I've shared it. I've, I don't give a shit. You want to make one that looks exactly like it? Have at it. No problem. I have a five tier altar because I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want everything everywhere. I want all of my altar to be in one space. So instead of putting it across, you know, it's a it's kind of a floor to ceiling model. Instead, so it saves a lot of room, and I'm really uber proud of it. So I share it, and you know, and I've heard the same thing. Oh, you shouldn't put that up. People are gonna, you know, do something to you. Nobody's gonna do shit to me. Relax. <laughs> That'd be more than they could do with a photo of you, right? <laughs> right. And and I, I, rem- if I remember correctly. There's fucking pictures of me everywhere. So if you're going to do something, do that, you know. I just find yeah. it hilarious. It goes, but It, it goes okay. also back to, um, you know, we talk about with anatomy, which is the, the power is in the self and in the body. Um, like we use altars mm-hmm. as a place of action. Um, they're a place of connection and mm-hmm. communication. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, that is your – if you look at your altar as your source of power, then you are forgetting that you are an embodied spirit, um, that your body is yeah. a kind of altar unto itself. Um, so it's always like, but, but how? Like, I'm really – I always get – I do get curious. I'm just like, how do people start thinking about this? And, and, you know, but I don't think that most people ask that. And I don't know if it's just my weird brain or what. 
No, I, I don't know where these things start. And, you know, I see all kinds of, listen, to me it's the same thing as, like, you know, there's a chip in the vaccine. I mean, you know, somebody starts a rumor, and maybe the first person who says it is super convincing for whatever reason, and it just snowballs into bullshit because it starts off as bullshit. So, you know, people mm-hmm. tend to, you know, buy into things they hear repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And if it's a source they've trusted once, the propensity is to trust it again, whether or not it's accurate, which is kind of scary. You know, this is why the church gets a lot of power over a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, if it's for no other reason than, oh, well, you know, this is a person of God. I don't know. People shit their pants every time they hear the word God. It's like, I have a healthy fear and respect. I'm polytheist, and I have a healthy fear and respect of the deities that I believe in. Um, but if somebody were to come to me and say, well, this deity that you follow says this, I'm going to look at them and say, what are you fucking nuts? I think they would talk to me if they had a message for me. But I appreciate the thought. Right. Have a lovely fucking day. I mean, you know, we're more connected to our gods than than a lot of other quote-unquote religions, you know. If you have to go to somebody else for the interpretation, you've already put a wall up between yourself and deity. And I love the fact that your book is like, nah, it's all inside you. <laughs> you don't need other shit. You're good. <laughs> you know, it, to put it in its most simple terms. Um, but I think it's important to remind people because I think, you know, a lot of the time in the day-to-day, we forget that we're actually sacred ground, just being yeah. us. You know, so I'm very they're appreciative amazing. of that. Because I forget amazing a vessels. but you know it's easy to forget that when you're at your day job and slogging away at whatever it is you do for a day job you know that doesn't make you less magical having a day job making dinner you know dealing with shit you know scooping cat poop it's you're not less magical for that you know it's just it's called being human and doing human shit you get to be both. You get to be a magical human. It's kind of a cool concept. I forget it a lot. So I love it when I read it so it fucking reminds me, hey, you're magical. You might be an asshole in the next 10 minutes, but right now you're fucking magical. It's okay. <laughs> I like it. You know, sometimes it works. You can do it. Cause, and I, interestingly enough, I needed that lesson at work because, you know, there's just some people fucking slagging me at work because I'm old and I say what's on my mind and people don't like that. So I'm like, but I'm a magical being and I get to say what the fuck I want and you can't touch me. And you know what? I did and they didn't. There you go. Own your power. Be powerful. Do not sell yourself short. Do not give your power away to other people. And that's that's kind of like with the things I read from you, it's kind of a continuous background theme that your own divinity is super important. Don't sell it short. 
No, it, it, it's, you know, I like to pose the question of who benefits if you don't claim your power, that you don't mm-hmm. believe in yourself. It's not you. It's never you. For sure. Absolutely. So I've got to ask you, and I know every new book is the new love, right, as a writer? Like every time you start a new project, that's the thing you're about until it's completed. Is there a book that you already know you want to write that you haven't written yet? Uh, you know, I haven't gotten to the the end of the the current project. Oh, the beginning of the current, the beginning of the end. That's what the first draft is. It's the beginning right. of the end. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of my brain's at this place of okay, we're good for a while. Though you know, the thing I haven't done yet is a tarot. But I have so many ideas for tarot, and oh. um, you know, just dedicating the time and the effort. Like there is between visual alchemy, um, it will come out some point. I think at the end of 2022, early 23, um, there is another yeah. oracle deck. So I'm like, I'm on. Are you just you know have a, a second oracle deck, which I love, and it's for Anatomy of a Witch. Um, but it's like, okay, cool. at some point. It's going to have to be a tarot. Speaking of a tarot, <laughs> if I could just <laughs> put a little request in there. And you don't have to say yes. I'm just saying consider it. I would love a tarot based on Be Some Buddies. I think it would be Aww. so amazing. That's just me. Hmm. Personal I'm just saying, because I know, you know, everything you do for the most part is full of color and vibrancy and major impact, but I've seen your artwork be so diverse, and be some, I love, it is, I have three of them stacked, it's a beautiful wall art Thing. And, oh, my gosh, I would just love a tarot based on it. But, okay, that was just my personal request. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Just saying. No, well, because no. your Oracle deck is gorgeous, and I have it, of course. And it's beautiful, and it speaks to everything before it that you've written, you know, weaving the liminal and all of that, and I love it. But I think... It just speaks to your diversity. Be some buddies if, if anybody is wondering, what the fuck is she talking about? There are prints <laughs> on alchemyarts.com. Go look. They are the most beautiful, simple drawing. I mean, I, I'm madly in love with the series, obviously, um, but I just think it would be so cool. But anyway, all right, enough of me yammering. Are you done with me for now? <laughs> Is there anything you want to tell me? Oh, wait. You do have stuff to tell me. No, 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 no. You can't go yet. You still have to tell me if you're planning any in-person stuff in the future. I know right now is a little bit weird, but tell me if you've got classes coming. Tell me everything that you are planning or hoping to plan. Oh, well, I I will have – I usually have several um, virtual workshops um, each month, I've got um, doing one with the Scottish goddess 
conference that's happening. I think it's ooh, it starts this week. <laughs> like my, it's next Saturday. My wow! Workshop. It's a live workshop on embodying the divine through dance. Um, so it's it's not going to just be for goddesses. It will be for however you see the divine, um, regardless of gender, because that's yeah. how I roll. Um, so that's coming up, uh, and I'll be doing a sigil witchery. Um, workshop. I haven't picked the date yet, but I'll probably have that picked by the end of this weekend. So that will be announced in my newsletter. And uh, yeah. you know, for everything else, though, you know, it's. I had really hoped that we'd be back to doing physical events. You know, I'm scheduled to be at the Sacred Space Between the Worlds in January, and I, I hope we can do nice. that. I'm just so excited to finally mm-hmm. do that event. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm really hoping that 2022 is going to be year where we're going to get back to being able to create and do physical events. But, like, here, even here locally, we're, we're, we tendably we're going to do an event on October 8th. And, I, you know, right now the Delta variant spike is due in Rhode Island to hit exactly within a month. So wow. I can't in good conscience put in a, you know, even in a big, really big space, put on a physical event um, with people being right. indoors, um, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's not worth it. It's like as much as I want to do something for the community and have that opportunity for folks, like I, I just, if anybody got sick, it would it would make me sick. I would be so upset um, sure. if anything happened to yeah. anybody. No, it's responsible. You're being absolutely responsible, and I really would expect nothing less from you anyway because that's how you roll. Um but tell people where they can sign up for the newsletter. Oh, yes, at lauratempestzacroft.com. So um, if you go to my Instagram account or my Twitter account, there's a link tree on there which has all of my um, the major sites, the shopping sites, the author site and stuff. So that's, that's pretty easy. But lauratempestzacroft.com, if you Google it, you'll get there. There's only one of me. <laughs> <laughs> And we're so grateful that you exist. Everyone, the book is Anatomy of a Witch, a Map to the Magical Body. My guest was the amazing LTZ. Laura, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me for the hour. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you hopefully next year. <laughs> yes, I can't I'll give you a big hug. and We're going we're gonna to have some fun. We're going to have a drink. <laughs> yes. We are, I, I don't even drink, but I am looking forward to drinking with you and Thorn Mooney. Very excited about the prospect. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, friends. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was great to speak with you again. Talk to you again soon. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. with Astraea Taylor. We're going to talk about some air magic, so I'm expecting to see you all in the morning. Don't forget your coffee. Talk to you later.